Welcome to Minx Your Morning, a podcast and Instagram live show brought to you by me, Liat Horowitz, your coach and cheerleader, helping you live the life you love. This is the daily dose of motivation you need to lift your spirits, clarify your goals, and set your intentions for a power day ahead. Stick with me to learn how to minx your morning and elevate your life. My guest today is Francesca. She's a hairstylist, podcaster, content creator, and mom of three kids under the age of four. Shortly after moving from England to Toronto, she gave birth to her firstborn halfway through her pregnancy, only to watch him pass away in her arms. With no friends or family around her in a new country, she managed to forge on and find beauty and purpose in her challenges and her life experiences. Listen in and see how Fran tackles hardship and what she does to keep herself smiling and growing. First of all, I'm going to ask you, how are you doing? Three babies at home during COVID for months on end. Tell us about that. It's been a lot. Um, I had a baby at the beginning of the year and I had two babies back to back. So let's just say almost exactly a year apart. And that that was something that I wanted to um, make as easy as possible. So I had um, family plan to come out. I had everything you can imagine in terms of paid for help all lined up and sorted. And then um, just as my mum arrived, um, this all sort of played out. So I've gone from having thinking I'm having tons of help to literally nothing whatsoever. Oh. So I will make the point about having no access to it either. It's a bit scary because... I don't have the ability and never have had the ability to like quote unquote cheat and like have grandparents over if I got desperate. That's right. So yeah, knowing that has been quite hard and I've obviously had to find ways of managing and for the most part I've done okay, but I don't know about everybody else, but I've been like kind of working towards this sort of 12, 15, whatever week mark it was. So when we got to that, I was like, oh, whoa, I'm running out of steam here. Yeah. <laughs> I had to definitely like change tactics in the last few weeks. And also sleep has been a huge one for me because if you've been following me, I'm doing sleep training. Yeah. But I realized that part of the reason I've been, been able to cope up until now is because everyone was sleeping for the most part. Right. And then when they stopped, it was like, oh, that's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back here because... I'm functioning because I can do, you know, my early morning run. I could, I kind of factored in all the things that I needed to make me a good parent <laughs> and make me physically able to mentally, physically and mentally able to manage. Yeah. But then when sleep was taken completely out, it was like, well, no one can do any of these things that is keeping our family together. And then, yeah, here we are. What really caught my eye about your story was obviously, you know, back, back in the day, we, we connected over loss, actually. Yes, yes. Because when Carolina and I met you from Mom Jo, we met you at yes. Mom's TO, uh, which one of the first Mom Wood Barnes, exactly, the, yeah. some wine festival or something. And it was like instant connection. And then very shortly after, we collaborated on a video for um, 
Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. That's right, we, yeah. Three of us made a video because we each had our own stories with mm-hmm. pregnancy or pregnancy loss or infant loss or miscarriage. Yeah. Um, when, I mean, I'll try and share the link to that, actually. It's, it's, I'll find it on YouTube or something, and I'll share it in my Insta stories today. But it always, you know, your story was so raw and mm-hmm. sad and yet you still were able to do such beautiful things in memory of your first son. Yeah. And advocate for anyone, anyone that was dealing with such things. Like I remember we came downtown one night to light candles. Oh yeah. I thought about that. That was lovely. Yeah, that was so lovely. Yeah, that was with the um, Pale Network. Right. It's run out of Sunnybrook, if I'm correct. Correct. So let's go back just to that for a second. Sure. If anyone, like, I already got a message yesterday from a mom who was watching the fact that we were going to do this live, and she was excited to hear from you and from us because she said she shared an experience like you did and Mm -hmm. didn't tell anyone other than her husband and then me yesterday. And you went and did basically the opposite in that you decided to share your story and through your pain, hopefully find beauty and encouragement and support for anyone else going through it. So can we talk about that for a second and how you dealt with it then and how you're actually feeling about it now? I feel like I've somewhat come full circle now because, well, I have, I've had four children. I have three at home. But I will say about as well me deciding to share, it was first out of necessity because I this all played out about six weeks after I moved here. And obviously everybody I knew before I left knew I was pregnant and it was my second pregnancy because we'd had a miscarriage, which everybody also knew about. Oh my gosh. I, I so it was, it was hard, like, you know, having the constant back and forth with texts from people because people were like, oh, how's it going? How is your 20-week scan? And so it become much easier to write something at the time on Facebook and say, look, this is what's happened. This is what's happening. And I'm going to say it here because it was actually just easier and it was quite cathartic and I could say it in like a thought out way rather than having to have the conversation over and over and that kind of thing. And yeah, then I got obviously all my friends and family messaging, but then People I hadn't spoke to in ages, family I hadn't spoke to in ages, like really random people from like school and stuff, um, sending me nice messages or whatever. And it really did help me get through that beginning phase because like just remembering back, I was literally here uh, living downtown on my own with maybe like a handful of friends that I really didn't know very well. Yeah. Most of which were expecting or just had a baby because, you know, I was seeking out pregnant friends. Right. So at the time it was comforting having those messages and like sharing my experience. And I would write a lot because really had nothing else to do. (laughs) I wasn't working. I'd planned on being a mum. Oh my gosh. And yeah, like moving to a new country to start a new life essentially. And it, all of that got taken away very quickly um, and it left me in a weird place because, you know, when you move to a new country, much like I'm sure you know, people want to know like what your story is, why you move, like, oh, what, what do you do here now? And all of the answers to those, every single question was, I just had a baby and it died. Wow. <laughs> and no one wants to hear that when they ask how you are. They don't um, expect that for sure. 
No. So I would either feel like I had to lie and then it would be very like intense because I was just like holding back the tears or I would just like spill out my life story and usually nowhere in between. Yeah. (laughs) So that made for a weird experience because, and I think it just added um, fuel to a lot of um, the generalised experience is that people don't know what to say to you. People don't know how to handle that. But it was like on heat for me because I was saying that to like some very new friend or new person. Yes. So uh, the feedback was almost like more intense because people yeah. didn't know how to react to it. Right. You know, like not I'm um, not as a criticism. I think people were like, oh, I just met her and now she's telling me this. Jesus. Yeah. And obviously anyone I met thereafter who I made a friend after the fact it was such a big part of my life that I, I told people quite soon. Mm. And, yeah, it was it was intense, basically. <laughs> okay. And it shaped a lot of my thoughts on why I've continued to sort of, like, advocate for women going through this because I had to figure out a lot of that on my own. There was a lot of silence and it did really exacerbate all of the feelings I had because... I couldn't hide from it. I couldn't go back to like my normal friends and like just pretend I was in my normal life. There was no normal. There was no normal routine and life and, and okay. So I had to kind of like forge something for myself and I kind of, well, if I'm going to talk about this, I might as well try and do something with it or make people realize how the effect this has had on me. Because I felt like if I feel like this, then every body must do to a different degree. Yes. Um, I know that a lot of people don't like to share, but it doesn't mean to say they're not feeling the feelings. (laughs) Absolutely. This is why it was so important that you actually did speak up because you became then the voice for those who couldn't speak up. Yeah. And I really felt like I had no choice. And a lot of people have said to me, oh, you know, that was a brave thing to do. But I didn't really have a choice. And I don't really believe necessarily in being brave because I think anyone who, like me, has been through this, like you just have to, or any kind of tragedy, really, you don't get to opt out. So it's not like you're being brave, like jumping off a cliff and like, oh, let me go do that. It's like... I'm already hanging off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> so have, I'm now falling anyway, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that was like my experience back then. I would say yeah. I've come full circle because I've gone on to have more children. At the time we we were kind of told and really believed that we wasn't going to be able to have children naturally. Because my son had a genetic condition. They thought it came from one of us and we couldn't track it back through our family history and so they kind of thought it was something that we one of us carried or both of us carried we had to have tests for six months um because we were we're like foreigners we we weren't we didn't have OHIP at the time really really confusing time and so there was a six month period where we just didn't know what was going on at the very end of that I happened to fall pregnant without kind of realizing so Bodie and Phoenix had the same due day which was also weird oh, um, I remember that now there yeah there's so many like weird intricacies to my story that um I kind of forget some of them until I'm prompted sometimes going back to your question I feel like I've come full circle because I really did at points believe I wasn't going to have children and that maybe my calling was something else or that we was going to adopt um my husband's adopted so I thought maybe maybe that's just going to be something we carry on as well. Wow, babe, I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah, so he's, he was less keen on that idea. He was like, oh, I'm not nice enough. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I think he thinks that his parents have like done such a good job of raising him that he was like, I think they're way more selfless than I could be. But anyway, wow. um, going back to your question, um, now that I've had the children, I'm a bit like, well, be careful what you wish for, because I desperately wanted to have children. And then it was like, bang, bang, bang. He's yeah. <laughs> And Briar was, you know, knowing um, she was not planned and everybody knows that. That was one of the biggest shocks I think we've ever had. So, and yeah, it's about a year since I found out I was pregnant. So anyway, yeah, it was, it's been a really, really, really intense five years. And all of this has played out whilst emigrating, if you can call it that, because I don't know if um, I'm here forever, but uh, certainly a lot longer than the two years that we planned. Okay. So one sec. First of all, yeah. we've got some comments. So Fee, your friend, who is oh, my friend, is your inspiration and have helped her so much. Uh, veganish mama hi sweetie she says hi she seconds that you are an inspiration talking to you as in friend has definitely helped her and her process process her feelings even a year later so this is the thing that like whether one has gone through personal loss or miscarriage or trying to fall pregnant and suffering and struggling and whatever it is even if you have or you haven't Anyone who's wanted or tried to become a mum or is a mum can feel something towards your story. And the yeah. fact that you stood up and then shared it all with all the extra bits on top of it, the immigration and then the testing with the OHIP, good Lord. Like oh, yeah. Each one of those stories on its own was a massive challenge and you just had it piled on. And yeah. now you're saying, yeah, it's funny. Be careful what you wish for. And Briar was... Oh, like, careful what you wish for and be careful what you say. Because I feel like <laughs> that has really rung true to me, especially recently. Um, I think there's so much power in words and what we believe. Like, I've always believed that. Although I will say I have a really hard time with everything happens for a reason. Because right. I can't link that to child loss. Like, I don't believe there's any good reason why I had to give birth to a small baby and like watch it die in my arms. There's just no reasoning to that. But I think there's a lot of power to be said in how we carry ourselves and, you know, how you take a bad experience and you do your best to continue on after that. And it's so very easy to sink into bad thoughts um, okay. any time in your life, let's face it. So, how, so, so if you can... I don't want to take you back there, but I just, any okay. time in your life that's been challenging, because I know you've had your fair share. What do you think has been at your base core that has kept you like going and seeing the, this, you know, having this thought process and seeing that there is something good that can come out of it, that you can create something beautiful out of it, that you can get through it. Like, how did you, how did you, where did you get that strength? Where does it come from? I think, I think some of it is like having absolutely no choice. Okay. <laughs> and I think it goes back to how I feel right now because I have, I have no grandparents in the country. Our daycare, our childcare isn't open for uh, part-time spots till um, September. We don't have the money to pay for a nanny and like obviously all of the other risks that come with having someone in your house. So of course. we don't have any help. So I have no choice. I have to accept where I am, which is no help. Or when I moved here and all this played out and Phoenix died, it was like, I live in a country on my own. I don't know anyone. And what am I going to do? So it was like I actually had no choice but to carry on and to forge something for myself. 
So I kind of treated it like a job. And it's funny because um, at the time, and people have been watching my stories recently, I got dead into crafts after this. I was like, okay, well, I, I'm not capable of working. I can't do... I can't do a job as a hairstylist where my go-to conversation is my baby just died. So I don't feel ready to go back into hairdressing. So I was like, okay, what else can I do? I was going to be a mum. We don't have to worry about money right now. So I'm going to make a full-time job of crafting. So, oh, did you so, do that then as well? Yeah, I made a quilt. I made pillows. And these are all courses I did. So I went on courses. Wow. Wow. made a pillow. I made a leather handbag. Um, oh, you, I, I went to a knitting club. I used to go to a knitting club once a week and I made a lot of friends there. Um, yeah, you name it. I was like just Googling and everybody else was going to make the blanket or whatever. That's why I was like, who will be my friend? I <laughs> <laughs> um, wanted the blanket and a friend. Yeah. And that, oh that didn't necessarily work out, but it always gave me a purpose. And I think the thing that's run through all of this for me is like finding a purpose, oh, whether it's, um, yeah, whether it's like, making a handbag or crafting or whether it's like at the moment I've been trying to throw myself into being a mum because Briar up until now it's not even six months and I was like well if I'm gonna be stuck at home with my kids let's make that good and now I'm kind of coming out of that where I'm like okay we can I can start working again I just think you have to find something that gives you purpose even if it's really 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 tiny like waking up every day and journaling and then you're done and then like oh you go back to crying after or whatever however it is that you're you're coping as well yeah so that you have that to look forward to um I think is what's run through my whole experience there's just been different things I've used whether it was crafting then when I had the business with the t-shirts that was that gave me a lot of purpose yeah um when my my best friend died during that process um, I sort of threw myself into other things. Well, I threw myself back into T-shirts and I had another baby. There's always a baby coming in, all of this. Of course. <laughs> and yeah, now I'm kind of throwing it, it myself into self-improvement because I feel like being trapped in your own situation, which a lot of people are at the moment, the thing I can work on, if, you, if I think of it like be, being in solitary confinement, if you've got nothing else... You've got yourself. So I'm, that's why I'm taking now to like do my running. I don't know, do all the things that I find joy in and then hoping that that filters out when we can do more and get out more and I can see family, you know, life returns back to like the new normal or whatever. That is amazing. I think you've, you've hit on something that is so key and so simple, but you kind of forget about it in everyday life, especially when you're going through a hard time. And that is to find something as simple as knitting oh, yeah. <laughs> or quilting or making a leather bag. Who does that, by the way? Who does that, a leather bag? Only well, you. I had to, um, I had to fill a lot of time, right? Because it was like I moved here. I didn't have any friends who were like, available in the day or limited. My husband was working all day. Oh, my gosh. So it's like what do you do at eight hours of the day when you could easily, like, you know, just cry yourself around and cry, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I kind of set my week into like these are the things I want to do, these are the activities I'm doing. I and love it. Made that a job, and I think things have always unfolded when I've got into that mindset. But it's obviously much harder with children. And right now, my biggest barrier to doing anything has been sleep. Yeah. 
but I had a full eight hours last night, which is why I have makeup on and everybody's functioning. <laughs> okay, so first of all, the playful den is saying, she's saying craft your way back to joy with, with hearts, which is super cute. Purpose is so important, which it is. And the yes. thing is, I think, you know, it doesn't need to be this massive purpose, like you need to change jobs or or move countries or find yes. a huge like new career or something, something that maybe brought you joy when you were young or something that just for some reason, just for the sake of it, try it. Right. I mean, yeah. I saw you crafting in your backyard. I told you the other day on the phone when you were using that gold, like stuff, oh, the gold leaf, yeah, gold leaf on the pots. I was like, that is amazing. I wouldn't even know where to start. But in this day and age <clears throat> between YouTube and Pinterest and internet and whatever you can just start and try these things so i really think that's an amazing point for someone who's going through anything anything where they just feel off balance or challenged or going through a hard time i think that's a really good point to start with and yeah. um you hit i feel like i have to say on that point um Go ahead. I emma from the playful gen just made that comment and she's been really helpful for me um in this period of time everyone should go follow her if they're not already but um, in remembering about play, to, so remembering to play with your children, but also remembering to play, do something for play for yourself where there's no other reason to do it than that you really enjoy it. <laughs> what do I do if you got rid of all the kids? What would I be wanting to do just on my own? And I guess like everyone's been crafting, right? There's been a lot of common themes in quarantine, but I kind of forgot what I like to do for just myself. Yes. That you have access to. I mean, that isn't like something you do outside of the house or whatever. So so it's interesting you say that because that ties in with the whole theme of, of what, why we started Mom Joe back in the beginning is because when you have a child and when you start your motherhood journey, you really, you really put yourself aside, right? You put yourself, oh, yeah. your goals, your plans, your dreams, your hobbies, everything aside. And as you said that, I was trying to think like, I don't actually know what I would choose to do. And then I realized, well, of course I do. I, it's natural for me. I would go into the kitchen. I don't know. I would yeah. cook. I would bake. I would host. I would try new recipes. I don't know what I would do, but my happy place is the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine is not. <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to stay out of the kitchen, but that's where I was, especially in a quarantine, like in those moments where I'm like, I actually don't even know what to do. Even with the children, I would be like, let's bake something. Yeah. And like, they'll come and join me for a few minutes and then off they'll go and they'll calm down and they'll go play together. But then I can just continue with my music on making cinnamon buns, which. And And I think when you're in that state, your kids are like a bit more relaxed and they kind of like do their own thing as well. Like some of the time when I was crafting, they might not be helping me, but they would kind of just be there like, you know, ripping the gold leaf or whatever. And I was like, who cares? Like. They're entertained and I'm I'm enjoying myself. Yes, exactly. Um, oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. One or two other things that mm-hmm. you have gone through that really stuck out for me and that was different from child loss was when I don't know how did these things happen to you? When you went to England mm-hmm. last year, I think. I think you were pregnant and yeah. you left September. four of your passports on the plane. Yep. And then you got stuck there. Yeah. I mean, one must laugh. In, it, oh, it yeah. The, all the things that happened to me are funny. Even when, um, just briefly going back to Phoenix dying, when we go to the doctors each time or the consultant or whatever, 
it would get like to a point where it was funny. It was so bad. Where like me and my husband would just burst out laughing. We're like, oh, right. So <laughs> we're not covered on OHIP. So we also have to pay to have this done. Like, you know, like it would always be like something. And then like some weird, intri- another intricate thing would happen. And yeah, like this is a running theme in my life, which I really want to try and change. But I lost my passports. We bought a car for our huge family in January. And I crashed the car that we were selling on the way to go buy the new one. Hence not buying the new one. You you get on the plane. You put the passports. I put all the passports in the um, compartment in front of, in my wallet, sorry, in my bag. That wallet must have slipped out of the bag. We didn't realise till we got further than the plane where the door shut behind you. Couldn't go back. No one would go back. Very, very, very long story short is that we could only just about get out of the airport because obviously we've got Canadian kids and we're English. So it was just a nightmare. And we was going back for my in-law's 50th wedding anniversary, which they'd paid for. And we're in the airport wondering whether we're going to get out. And then um, it took a full 10 days and about £1,500 to replace them. Um, Our whole trip was taken up by getting our passports back. Um, and, and no, they couldn't get them off the plane for you? I don't understand that part. So once you leave a plane, you're not allowed to embark back on it. So yeah, but if we had literally stepped off the plane, we could have begged someone to go back. Yeah. But at the point you've, like, left the, like, corridor-y thing. Yeah. And the, the door's shut behind you. Um, you're, we were just stood by those doors, basically waiting. We got far enough that I was like, oh, hang on, where are the passports? Ripped the bag apart, realised we didn't have them, turned back, by which point everyone's gone. Also, I'll note that we decided to be the last people off the plane because of um, having a family and being at the back. Because why wouldn't you like, let everyone else go first? No, um, that backfired. But so uh, when, when someone went to clean the plane, at some point and found them, surely they then like contact you and send it them the to you. Them to get something back. And also the other thing is, which I didn't find out till much later is if somebody finds passports, they, they pretty much burn them. They give them to the police and burn them because you, you could take it in the meantime and copy them or I don't know, do something illegal with them. So you, at the point they're lost, you don't get them back. Oh my gosh, I can't. It's it's when I when I saw what was going on on social media and you were sharing it again, you were sharing it with like deep intensity, but yet a, a fine layer of humor, which which I have to tell you, I know it's just your way, but it is very unique and very brilliant. And then the accent on top of it, it's fantastic. It's <laughs> like it makes for really good entertainment. I have to tell you. Oh. So I know we've been speaking for a long time. I just want to ask you one more question. Yes. Um, what are you currently doing when you said you're not currently focusing on self-development and self-improvement and, and personal yeah. growth, I'm assuming. Can yeah. you give us an example amidst your madness of three baby babies, mm-hmm. um, what you're able or what you're trying to be able to fit in in that sense for yourself at the moment? Okay, so I'm like sole care of the children sort of while my husband's working. So like say eight till 4.30, which is when he normally works, maybe later. Um, but <clears throat> I'm, I try to get up before everyone to go for a run or do some form of exercise. Wow. Um, 
I try to journal both because I've started therapy again, but also just because I think it's a good way of getting your thoughts out. And I've always found that helpful. And then one thing I've been doing at the moment, which I find really good because I just can't meditate and I can't find the time to meditate is Wim Hof's breathing technique. I don't know if anyone's tried that. No, do tell. I'll put a link to it after this, but it's, um, it was on one of Gwyneth Paltrow's goop episodes. So I'd recommend watching that episode. Wow. And, finding the app because it's free and you can do like a breathing technique that is one good for your immune system but two really good for your mental health so I do that for a couple of minutes whenever I can and then I'm trying to get back into work now that the salons are opening because that's something I, I do as well and now that um you know home hairdressing is something that's kind of maybe more sought after because you don't want to go into a salon with like millions of other people and more Correct. risk yeah um, so I've been spending my evenings sorting that out and making that possible. And I'm going to be working in the evenings. So wow. it's like everything needs to be organized. So I'm, I'm not an organized person naturally. And I'd say life is a bit chaotic sometimes, but like organized chaos where yes, I like to get even as simple as like getting my clothes ready for what I'm wearing. Like I put this out last night because I was like, I can't make last minute decisions. Yes. Yes. Um, That's a mom of three thing. Good. Me too. I don't, I don't do last minute decisions. I, I set my clothes out. I set my gym stuff out or especially if I'm feeling tired because the next day it might take me half an hour just to cut snacks up. But if I do it the before, yeah. boom, done, let's go. And cause they all go just to get out for a half an hour walk. Oh, I know. It can sometimes take me an hour to get an hour. easily. And- Thank God my husband's home because he does help me do that. And Get there's out. a lot so he can hear and help. Oh, my gosh. But, that, that's, the, that's the silver lining of COVID. That he's working, but at least he's at home so for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah more, more to your point. Um, basically, I've been looking at what I want to achieve in the next sort of short while and yeah. long while. And one is getting back to work. Um, and another is sort of looking at now I've had my children, what I want to do with the rest of my life. Yes. Um, and probably goes back to you with like mum Joe and stuff, but finding my purpose and what, how I'm going to make money and how I'm going to forge my own career now that the children part is done. Yes. Well, the raising part is not done, but the having them is done. Yeah, no, no, I know. Yes. Okay. So first of all, I'm going to say a few things. Number one, I need my hair done. Okay. That's number one. So when you're ready, let me know. I'll come down for the evening. We'll have a drink. We'll sit. We'll do it. I love it. If anyone else wants their hair done, Franny, Francesca, Fran, whatever you want to call her, she is fantastic and she's so stylish and we just love hanging out. So you will go, you will not go wrong. I'm actually in my little salon. Oh, there you are. Oh my gosh. I love it. I don't know why I pictured, I pictured you doing it out on the patio at the back for some reason. <laughs> Maybe I would if I worked with other people cause you need to be in an open space. Oh, but that's right. That's right. So, um, so yeah, if you want your hair done, second of all, if you're not yet following Fran, you have to be, your content is specifically your past. So, Oh yeah. Is looking for a really interesting podcast. It's called into the world. And um, it's sponsored by Rascal and Friends. Yeah, the the diaper company. So please go and check out everything Francesca and uh, follow, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. And 
um, yeah, I'm just so grateful for you and for your time. And I can't wait to spend time with you. And I think we need to do this again because this was not enough. Like we could go on and on and on. Oh, definitely. Um, it's been a real pleasure chatting to you. This episode was recorded on my Instagram live platform as part of my daily live show, also called Minx Your Morning. In case you want to watch this interview, head over to the show notes and enjoy it straight from my feed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Minx Your Morning. If you enjoyed it and found it valuable, I would love it if you could take a moment to write a short review, rate this episode, and also subscribe to the Minx Your Morning podcast. That way, other passionate and driven people just like you will be able to find it. And if you're interested in kickstarting your dream life, book a complimentary trial coaching call with me over at www.liathorovitz.com and come and hang out with me over on Instagram. My handle is at Liat Horowitz. Have a minxful day and see you next time.